Blog Talk Radio. in between. Live from Los Angeles, California, welcome to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show with your host, Shaw McCain. Hello everyone, I'm your host, Shaw McCain. I'd like to welcome listeners to the Paranormal and the Sacred Radio Show. My show was created to provide an open-minded platform that welcomes the gifted and extraordinary thinkers from every life and circumstance. Excuse me. Please follow me on Facebook for upcoming events and special speakers from around the world. Excuse my stuttering. The call number tonight is 619-924-9744, and the Paranormal and Sacred airs every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, during this show, I can take questions in order in chat, and you may call in with your questions and speak with our guests tonight. Any buzz killers in chat or on the phone will be kicked out and I have a copy of your phone number, and I'll call you back and bug you, so please play nice. Um, I have a few announcements. Uh, Los Angeles MUFON presents Tracy Austin, uh, author of The Alien Encounters from the Western United States. And this is this Sunday. Uh, doors open at 6.30 p.m. at the Colony Theater, 555 North 3rd Street, and that's in Burbank, California. Only 15 bucks at the door. And she'll be discussing Dr. Raja Lear's uh, research on alien implants and her work on Let's Talk Paranormal Cable TV show. So it should be very exciting. And uh, we always go to eat after, and it's really a lot of fun. And also, the serial meeting will be just before that at 2. And then also in July, the serial event is July 12, 2014. And the Cisco Grove UFO Encounter in Mexico's Roswell with speakers Ruben, Duarte, and Noe Torres. And it's going to be at the Veterans Memorial Complex. It's really comfortable over there and lots of parking. And it's at 4117 Overland Avenue in Culver City. I, that's only 10 bucks at the door, so it's well worth it. And next week's guest, we're going to have Chris Putnam. Now, Chris is a Christian apologetic, and um, he holds a master's degree in theological studies and bachelor of science degree in religion and math. And um, he also has a certificate in parapsychology. And he's going to be discussing many interesting things in his findings of uh, what's going on at the Vatican and uh, talking about his book, uh, Transhumanism, and... Uh, the supernatural worldview examining the paranormal. So that's next week. So that's going to be really interesting. I did see him speak over there at a MUFON event, and uh, he's quite an extraordinary speaker. Now, tonight I have a good friend that's on, and he's he's also a very fascinating person, William Whitehead. Um, he he had, was living in Illinois. I don't know where he is now. I have to check him out when we can get him on. Anyway, he's born in January 69, and he worked as a painter until 2003, when he suffered a career-ending back injury along with having a bunch of abdominal surgeries. And William has been a paranormal investigator for the last 10 years, and he had joined Riverbed Paranormal in 2008 after investigating on his own since 2005. And then he left Riverbed in 2011 to start After Dark Paranormal, and they were the only one of the teens in the area to incorporate and open their own venue 
the Haunted YMCA in Granite City, Illinois. And then in 2009, he opened the paranormal shop and started selling paranormal investigating equipment and converting regular cameras and camcorders to night vision and full spectrum. We're so interested in that. And, he, and he's still operating the businesses to this day. And then he turned the ADP team over to his friend and lead investigator, Dick, Dave Ritchie, and Jamie Smith II in the late 2013. And now you're just concentrating on building and selling equipment full-time and investigations go along with his uh, fiance Jennifer Nagel, and the other independent investigators. So anyway, I'm going to welcome him on. Welcome to the show, Whoa. William. Hello. Hi. Glad to be here. Um, I know because you're what, what I meant by that is that I don't actually know where you live because you're traveling <laughs> right now, and I was I was um, following your pictures from state to state. So where are you? Where the heck are you? I'm actually in West Monroe, Louisiana. Uh, we just moved down here uh, from the Alton, Illinois area, and uh, we love it. It's um, a place How beautiful where it I plan to. I'm sorry. How beautiful it is there! It's very beautiful, and uh, the I just can't get over the difference in. You know, I'm used to the Mississippi River. Well, down here you have the bayous and the, you know, the, the, you know, of course, you know, you got the river here, but the bayous and the and the lakes and of course there's gators down here and things like that. But uh, it, it's just a, a total um, uh, change of scenery for me, and uh, it's something that we've looked forward to for a long time. Wow, just uh, welcome to the show tonight, and uh, we are just so excited to have you on because you have the expertise in uh, ghost hunting investigations uh, that are that goes back 10 years, and what I want to know is, like, where did you grow up, where were you raised, and what started your interest in that, the paranormal? What started well, you off on this road? Mainly, you know, I started of course you know the when the shows had started and stuff way back uh when you know we kind of watched it and you know we started out doing uh cemeteries and uh, i had an experience when i was a child uh that you know you know it's one of those experiences where you see it but no one believes you've seen it and with me i woke up and had this face looking right at me, and I screamed so loud, I lost my voice for a full day. My parents, they thought, oh, he's just trying to get out of school, you know. Uh, and I tried to explain to them, and, you know, uh, it, it just wasn't one of those things that they were going to buy, um, which I never really talked about after that. But uh, once I started getting into the cemeteries, I wanted to get into it more, and that's when I reached out to uh, Riverbend Paranormal and uh, joined their team and became their uh, equipment tech and um, got to do many uh, different things, had some wonderful opportunities with them. I actually worked with uh, uh, Phil and Christopher Booth um, on a couple okay. different projects. I'm sorry. I know them. Yes, I know. <laughs> and 
and uh, you know, I got I got to work on some stuff with them, and uh, got to go to a, a Waverly a few times, and uh, you know, diff- the different places we uh, shot some footage at the Limp with uh, Ivana Booth, um, and uh, which ended up in uh, Children of the Grey too, and yeah. uh, so it was yeah. I mean, I, I had a lot of great opportunities with them and got to meet a lot of great people. Um, Robin Terry is one of them who got me into the equipment aspect of it uh, big time and kind of went from there. Um, Then we decided, uh, you know, we really weren't doing much. And uh, so we decided to um, go out, you know, go it on our own. And that's when, uh, we started after paranormal and um it took off uh we were one of the first teams to uh, actually the only team that i know of to incorporate and we opened up the uh we petitioned the city for an uh, abandoned ymca down there and got it and opened it up to paranormal investigations um Unfortunately, with the city, uh, they had some other obligations. I think they're filming a movie in there now, uh, so we had to shut it down for uh, to make, you know so the city can do with the building what they needed to do. Um, but uh, you know, and I after I decided to move and step back from investigating, that's when I handed the team over to uh, Dave and Jamie. And, uh, which they're still going great guns and doing great things. And, uh, mainly started focusing on building my own equipment and selling equipment. And, uh, it's, uh, now that we've moved down here, that's what I plan to, uh, set up my shop and everything down here now. Yeah, you're going to have a, are you going to have a, uh, a brick and mortar shop, uh, uh, or you, are you going to have online? You're going to do all of it. Mine, a lot of your stuff online. It's really interesting. My stuff is strictly uh, online. We did the uh, brick and mortar store mm-hmm. uh, for a long time in uh, in uh, Litchfield, Illinois, and uh, we weren't. Re- you know, that's kind of a, 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 a Christian town, and we weren't really welcome there. They weren't really quite sure what we did there. And uh, they thought we were selling, you know, satanic Bibles and Ouija boards and all this other stuff there, and you know, without even coming in. But you know, that's not the case. I was strictly into the techno, you know, the technology side of it, and uh, doing the camera conversions. Um, mm-hmm. And for you know, just pretty much, we just got going from there. Um, until we moved, uh, we moved away from Litchfield uh, to uh, the Granite City Alton area, and uh, but it just uh, I found that I was able to sell more and be more receptive uh, online than I was, you know, in a regular store. Yes, and you know what, everything's going that way too, and it's so easy for us to order. And ship. So to me, it doesn't really even matter, you know. And plus, you don't have to worry about the overhead and whatever, and just work when the work's there, and you know everything else. Now your health hasn't right. been very good. What's going on with you? 
No, um, actually, uh, <laughs> I just had a <clears throat> my thirty third abdominal surgery in uh, in March, the beginning of March, and uh, they finally got that all repaired and, and doing well. And uh, I, uh, you know, I have MS, and uh, so I, I really, you know, I'm kind of. I, I try to keep moving and do everything I can. Uh, I am limited to, uh, you know, getting around. And, of course, as soon as I get down to Louisiana, I tear my meniscus uh, mm. in, uh, by my knee. And uh, now i got to concentrate on getting that repaired. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's I'm actually getting better uh, health-wise. Uh, you know, that's one of the things, reasons why we moved down here was to make was to slow life down and and try to uh you know get away from you know the you know getting the jobs uh for the paranormal team and uh getting you know and go just you know strictly concentrate on on just living and and being uh um you know just having our zen place in mm-hmm. the world and uh my utopia as i call it you know um but uh, yeah, it it it, it's, it can get monotonous. I mean, when you're running a team, and as many uh, people know, uh, it's a, another sixty-hour-a-week job um, with the bookings and you know taking care of you know team issues, uh, personality issues, things like that. Um, it can get. Um, it can get really uh, taunting, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. We, with uh, with our team, we really had. I mean, we went through our, you know, we went through some other people, but but by the end of it, when I when I turned it over, we had a great group that got along well, and they still do, and that's the key to it. If you if you don't have a team that wants to work together. Uh, that are just out for their own, uh, you know, their their own goals, and um, you know, they. It, I always tell people if if you're wanting to be an investigator, be an investigator. If you want to go on TV, you know, write a, you know, write something up and submit it to A and E or you know one of the uh, networks. Don't, you know. Don't try to incorporate the two. Um, it's not. There's so many teams out there, and there's very few shows. Um, I I don't recommend anybody get into it because, uh, you know, I found out real quick that it's not what you see on TV. It's mainly you're sitting there in the dark with a recorder in your hand and a camera on a tripod basically just sitting there asking questions, waiting for responses. And then the time you spend going over your evidence, you know, what you've just done. Um, It's not all glamour. It's not all, you know, exciting. It's pretty much uh, 90% boring, 10% exciting. Um, I think it's like that with almost everything, even if it was a movie. I mean, most of the time... If you're filming something, it's all sitting around, and you know I've done extra work in movies, so you know there's a lot of detail and a lot of work in the background work, you know. And what to you makes a good paranormal team? Um, 
the leadership has got to be able to, you know, um, give assignments, stick to them assignments, and back their people. Um, If you have one person on the team who's causing issues, you know, they need to go for the, you know, you, you know, you basically cut off, you know, your arm to save the body. You know, I mean, it's it, when you have someone on there that's causing, you know, issues with the other teammates and stuff, um, It you got to have that team dynamic, first of all. And then you got to be professional in how you go about your investigation. You have to go in with the utmost respect for not only where you're at and what you're doing, but for what has happened at the place that you're investigating. Um, you you need to go in there. there. I'm sorry? Meaning the hauntings there. Right. You ha- I mean, you need to go in there with, with actually doing some research. Um, you need to go in and ask questions. Uh, Dave Ritchie was one of my um, guys that I brought in for Staff Regard Paranormal, and he was one of the best EVP guys that I've had because he shows compassion. He was an ex-police um, officer, and he used that uh, in asking his questions and, and you know, he would go in there and learn, you know, if there was children involved, if there, you know, there was elderly people involved, you know, what, you know, who, what, the who, what, when, where, and why mm-hmm. of the investigation. And, um, William, explain really, to our listeners what an EVP is for those that don't understand. Yeah, it's What's electronic voice phenomenon. Uh, it, electric voice phenomenon. And what it is, a lot of times we cannot hear it audibly with our own ears, and that's why we use digital or even magnetic recorders. They'll pick it up. Um, it's because most of the time it's in a frequency that we can't hear, and when it's picked up through the digital recorders, it's usually in a uh, long, drawn-out, breathy, electronic-sounding um voice sometimes you know or it'll be in a you know like someone's really trying to get a breathy word out um and that's that's what we hear uh you know and and your EVP evidence is 90% of the you know 90 actually 98% of the evidence that we get is all EVP evidence now do you actually sell this kind of equipment EVP and uh, or do you create it yourself? Um, how much on is the, this? On the re- getting into this? On the recorders, I pretty much let leave that to the uh, um, the manufacturers. Uh, I I don't really. I never really got into. Um, there's so many different digital recorders, and they the price ranges are from. You know, you can buy cheap ones for fifteen dollars, and you can pay up to twelve to fifteen hundred dollars for a recorder. Um, that's you know, that's just how much of a variation there there is to it. Um, 
you know, even what would be your with, favorite? Not you know your favorite for because uh, I have a lot of people that are asking about equipment and EVP recorders uh, for just for instance, and uh, what what range like what model do you like the most? Uh, um, actually, I always bought Olympus. I mean, for a a uh, really. Uh, inexpensive recorder it was uh, I always uh, got the Olympus you know as long as it's a PC model where you can plug it into the computer and you know uh, download your um, your files uh, those you can listen in real time with and that by real time I mean you could put a pair of headphones in the um, speaker jack and it enhances what you're hearing around you. It's like having, you know, um, uh, you know, big speakers. And you can actually, sometimes you can pick up more than you could with your naked ear. You can almost pick up what the recorder's picking up, um, use, you know, using these. But they're, they, and the Olympus run anywhere from, you know, $40 on up to, you know, a couple hundred dollars, um, that those are the ones that I I recommend for you know uh, people starting out. Um, if you want to get into the higher end uh, Zoom, uh, which is a big name in uh, recording industry, you know uh, they use them in uh, for music recordings and things like that. Um, that's there. There's different uh, models um, of those, but. Uh, yeah, for someone starting out, I, I just recommend the, just going out uh, to Radio Shack and getting you like an Olympus 802 um, or the 7100 uh, series model. Um, those are, those are, I mean, those are the most uh, reasonable to buy and work the best. Okay, so it's picking up uh, things that we can't ordinarily hear. And then it translates it, this is my understanding, into something audible in words that we can't understand. Um, right? uh, well, sometimes it's inaudible, and we, you know, we, we, it's, you know, even inaudible stuff is, is, you know, is evidence. Uh, just because we can't understand what they're saying doesn't mean that it's not some kind of a communication. Um, sometimes we hear knocks, we ask them to knock, we ask them to do, you know, make noises or, you know, open and shut doors or, you know, um, and we can hear that on the recordings. And sometimes they come through as clear as I'm talking to you right now. Wow. Um, it's, uh, it just, you know, um, they feed off, uh, EMF, um, electromagnetic field and uh they they feed off that it, if there's enough emf uh our batteries in our equipment drain because a lot of times we feel that the entities or spirits um that we're trying to communicate with use the energy out of the batteries to you know to communicate with us and a lot of times, um, you know, our batteries will go from straight out of the package into the equipment, and 10 minutes later, they're completely drained. Um, 
And you know, then of course there's there's EM pumps that we that we have that actually put out uh, energy for them to use uh, as a basis to you know to try to you know get give them enough energy to to speak with us or or manifest or do whatever they you know they can do for us. Well, personally, like, what was your first uh, time that you had heard something that? Uh, like, what was your scariest or most impressive uh, investigation? Like, what, when you were first starting, what, what happened? Um, it would have to be, um, oh, boy, Limp Mansion in St. Louis. Um, we went in there as a team investigation, and I... Not only were we getting um, digital answers with a meter, uh, when we ask it to the meter turn um, to a certain color light, it would do it. But when I walked into William Limp's room, I actually heard, get comfortable, Bill. And I mean, and it was audible plain as day in my I ear. Your name. And that's... And that was the first time I ever had something that got personal and something to me personally that I understood. Well, how did you and feel about it, that? It blew my mind. I mean, um, I looked around and I, you know, uh, there was, uh, you know, Ivana Booth was in the room and a couple other people, and I said, did you say that? No, we didn't say that. And I said, did you hear it? And they said, yeah, we heard it. We heard it. So, you know, we heard Get Comfortable, Bill. And they I just heard it. never, yeah, they, they heard it as well. It was, um, like I said, whenever you have something get personal, you know, with you and say things, you know, that, that you know, that are directed towards you, um, it really does blow your mind. Um, it makes it just makes you you know hungry for more you know to get more you know to go after more responses and and do more investigating. So, what is your favorite like spot to go investigating? Do you have one spot that you return to? Um, well, I did go to Waverly a few times, and well, although... tell us about Waverly because you know they don't really. You know, I I know about it, but I'm not sure all my listeners know. So if you could uh, tell us wait, about the spot wait, where it is. Yeah, it's it's in Louisville, Kentucky. It's uh, Waverly Hills Sanatorium. It was a tuberculosis uh, sanatorium for many many years, and um, they shut it down. And uh, a couple bought it, and they. You know, pretty. They started cleaning it up and doing a lot of work to it, and they opened it up to investigations. And there's there's been a lot of documentary things on TV about it. Um, it's a great place to go. Uh, I do understand though that they're turning it. Uh, they decided to turn it into a um, like hotel conference center type thing. Now, um, I'm not 100% positive on that, but I do believe that's that's what's going to happen with it. Um, as far as, you know, the big places to go, that's, 
one of my favorites. Um, and of course, what were your findings there? Um, you know, I really struck out there the three times. The people I was with had experiences there. I never got any evidence out of there myself. Um, it's just when you pull in, you know, the place to me, it just, it, when you pull into through the gate, you look at it, and it looks like a skyscraper has been laid over on its side. It's that big. Um, wow. It's shaped like a bat, uh, the building is, and it's just massive. And uh, you go in there, and, you know, I, I know, I, you know, I've, I've been there with um, some members of uh, Riverbend Paranormal. Now, I know that ADP does a lot of work with Riverbend now, and they just went together uh, recently, uh, I think sometime in March, uh, they went together and, uh, but, and I think they got a few EVPs out of there. You know, uh, you got to understand, I mean, the place is sold out almost like 320 nights a year and you have people walking through. Um, I think even spirits and, uh, you know, entities get tired of us coming through from time to time and just go high. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to ask that, you know, wouldn't the place get worn out with that much human energy going through? Um, that is an absolutely. awful lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I think that uh, they just, uh, I really do. I think it just gets, you know, when you have that many people going through there and they're just like, you know, they get just as sick of us coming through asking <laughs> the same silly questions all the time and, you know, how many times can you get asked to, you know, knock, make a noise or, you know, uh, say anything, you know. Um, but really, you know, I, I I have to say that, you know, I'm sure that, one, you know, if uh, Keith Age is the probably the utmost authority on Waverly Hills. Um, he lives down there, uh, him in Louisville, um, Ghost Hunting Society, and I, he's probably the most, uh, um, far most expert on that place, I think. Um, he's had a lot of experiences there. Um, you know, he's, he, I think he's, you know, had the pleasure of being in there uh, when there wasn't a bunch of people in there and uh that's probably the best time you know when you're going in there with 50 to 75 other people you know it's it's hard to get a question out without someone else talking over you from some other part you know um and interfering in your investigation but uh yeah i know i know for a fact that he's got a lot Wow, that just sounds so strange to me. I had no idea that was going on. There was that many people there. Oh, wow. yeah. I mean, yeah, and, and you got to understand, when they bought the place, it's a business. I mean, yeah. um, they took a place that, you know, uh, is interesting, and it's a haven for us, you know, crazy people to go and hang out and investigate. 
and we pay to do it. And, you know, but it's not like they're getting, you know, I mean, they're making their money, but they're also putting it back into the building and trying to save the building, which is just as important to me, you know, as yes, it's, as it's really had, it had a, didn't it have a big uh, roof cave in or something happened? So, you know, they were trying to revive the whole thing, and I think they're succeeding. Yeah, um, well, I know that the last time I was there, they were they had started putting all new windows in and um, getting it, you know, uh, it was all cleaned out. And I, I think that, you know, they decided that if they if they take it one step further and do a hotel conference center type thing that, and I think there's still going to be areas that are going to be strictly investigation or, you know, set aside for investigations. But um, I think that they'll be able to, you know, to do more because it is such a fabulous building. Right. It is. Um, Now I wanted to ask you a question. What would you consider to be the definitive proof that ghosts are real? Um, The definitive, my definitive. Yeah, for you personally, one. I, whenever you're sitting there and you're, you know, seeing things move through your house or you're hearing voices that, you know, um, you know, come to you. I mean, it's hard for me to answer that when I've done the investigation side of it. Um, I had my experience when I was a kid, and I couldn't explain it then no more than I can explain it now. Um, I, I believe that we have a spirit and we have a soul. I think mm-hmm. when we pass, our soul goes to heaven and our spirit's free to do whatever it wants to do. Um, I, I really believe that to me, I ha- I have to believe that there's something afterwards that we're made of energy and that energy doesn't just go away. It doesn't, you know, it does when, when our heart stops beating, the energy has to go somewhere. And I, and I feel that the energy that's within us has to be free to do, you know, to roam and, you know, find whatever it was we were looking for in life, I guess. But I don't know if that sounds crazy, but... <laughs> no, it doesn't because, you know, um, what was your beliefs growing up? What, what, would, what would your family teach you that about the other, um, you know, the other side of things? I was strictly Catholic, um, you know, strict Catholic um, background. And, you know, um, our... We went up to heaven. Um, you know, our our spirit went, went, you know, when you die, you go to heaven. And you're seated, you know, with, you go through the gates and, you know. And, but and when, my, when my father passed away at 57, I kind of looked at it like this. If you can walk through the gate, you can walk out of the gate. And I think that you're, you, you should, I think you should be able to, come back and visit and see the people that you want to see, whether it's in body or in, you know, in spirit. 
Um, you know, it just depends on, on how you look at things and, and what you, you know, you believe in. I actually seen my father coming out of the hospital after a major surgery and he was leaning up against the building in the Hank Hill attire that my dad was accustomed to. Um, the t-shirt, the hat, you know, ball hat, the blue jeans. And just kind of looked at me and nodded his head. And I looked at my sister who was bringing me home that day. And I said, did you see that? She said, absolutely. And I said, if it's not, if it wasn't him, it was his twin, you know? Um, So, yeah, I, I mean, that's, to me, that's pretty definitive to me that there's, there's life after, um, you know, at least in my eyes. Well, I believe the same thing. I believe that because uh, I've had many extraordinary experiences, and I believe that we never die. That we just change and we move into the next dimension. Some stay here, some go on. You know, and there's some that stay here. Um, uh, what's your theory on that? Why would why would somebody stay behind? I know that some would visit or come back because I've had oh, I, relatives come back and help me. Really, like you're saying. I definitely think there's unfinished business. I think that sometimes when we go, we're just not ready to go. There's times when you you know it's going to happen. You prepare yourself for it. Um, I think that the people that are, you know, with the residual haunting, which um, is things that repeat itself, over and over again, and the intelligent haunts, which are actually the ones who um, are speaking with us and answering questions. Um, I truly believe that if you um, if you go to a place and you you know you're if if you're driving your car and you have a car wreck and your life is suddenly taken from you. How many things did you leave behind that were unfinished or that you worry about and things that, you know, weren't taken, you know, that you don't feel were taken care of? I think that that's one of the reasons why we, you know, a lot of them stick around. Um, is they're just looking or they're, they're, they're lost. They, they don't know how they live their life. They don't know if they lived good enough to, to, to move upward or downward. So they feel that right here on this plane is the safest place for them. You know, the scientists, when you were saying that, I was thinking about, um, you know, science, I was thinking, okay, definitive proof. Now, scientists have actually discovered when they've had opportunity to do, like, brain surgery, things like that, they believe that a consciousness does exist outside the body. It appears that there's like a watcher, like we're watching from above somewhere. Because people are responding to something they can't even see. You know, they're doing these tests, and there seems to exist a soul outside of our body, independent of the body almost. And if you think about it, if we were as mechanical as what, most people, you know, you think of the human body and, I mean, we have a conscience. We have, um, you know, feelings. We have, you know, emotions. 
Um, so sure, I, I really, you know, I, it's possible that, you know, um, there is a consciousness outside of us. Uh, there would have to be because we're not, uh, you know, strictly mechanical. Um, no. And if, you know, like I said, we're something's got to fire that heart, you know, every, you know, so many beats per minute and something's got to keep us moving and something's got to, you know, make us think and use our brains. Um, so, I, like I said, there's got to be some kind of other energy out there that's, that's really getting us moving. And, and uh, I really think that that's, you know, there, there, there is something else out there. I, I just cannot believe that once you're gone, you're, uh, as uh, my cousin so eloquently, eloquently put one time, you've wormed or, you know, worm food, you know, I mean, that's, I, uh, I really can't believe that that's the end of it. I don't either, because there is a greater purpose, and there's a, actually, there's a striving uh, for all of us, it seems to be, you know, in our certain uh, universe, uh, all cultures seem to yearn for a higher power, and then a life beyond this, and I don't think that would be possible unless there was really something to yearn for. You know, we would all just yeah. accept everything at face value. And, so, and plus there's a lot of paranormal and extraordinary things going on, you know, that have nothing to do with ghosts. that have to do with live people and their connection with each other this, and, and animals. There's some amazing right. things that are going on spiritually. One of, one of, one of our biggest... Uh, things that we get told going into an investigation that we hear all the time is the dog will sit and look in the corner and just keep barking and growling and not look away and it's the same place all the time and you know they're like well can you explain that i it sees something that you're not seeing evidently you know um which goes into the investigation process of, you know, that's why we put up, you know, the uh, DVR systems with the night vision cameras and and all that and run them for hours, you know, and uh, try to capture, you know, because, of course, we can't be in every corner of the house at every given moment. So, you know, we pretty much wire a house with cameras uh, when we do an investigation so we can catch all that, um, that, you know, uh, that we can't possibly, you know, um, you know, uh, we can't be in all places at all times. So when we run these camera systems, and then that goes back into the review of the evidence, uh, we have to sit back and, and go through all that video again, too. Um, there are things that we watch. Uh, we usually have someone watch the monitor with all the camera um, spots, uh on on you know each camera has a, has its own screen on the monitor, and we've seen things floating through the air that are running. You know, a lot of people call them orbs or whatever. I'm not a big orb person. I I don't you know there are such thing as orbs, but 99% of what we see is usually dust in the air, water vapor, things like that. Um, but there are if it, if it emits its own light or is a re, has a reflective or cast its own shadow 
Um, usually that is considered a true orb of energy. Yes. Um, you know, yeah, that's, you bugs, know, that's a good point to make to the orb people. If it's casting mm-hmm. a shadow, then you've got really something there. I've just never thought of it like that before. I just know that I'm yeah. skeptical, but some do seem to be independently moving. Now those I can I can I can buy, but the ones that are, look like moisture to me to me are just moisture and rainbows and stuff like that. But what you're talking about is something that's an entity in itself. Right, and you know I get sent pictures all the time. You know, hey, look at this, and we were outside at a graveyard and we shot this picture. And look at all the orbs in the cemetery. And, you know, it's in the middle of pollen season. And Mm -hmm. you have all this stuff floating through the air. And I try to explain it to them in a way, okay, I understand that, you know, know, this is my theory on it. And a lot of people don't, you know, that causes more fights than anything that you can imagine is when you disagree with someone or you try to explain it off as something else. So I try to stay away from all that anymore. <laughs> uh, it can it can get bad. Yeah, it's uh, it's true, you know, but I also find it a little boring. And that's beyond, it's not... You know, I don't yeah, really care. I, mean, I, don't know, I don't know what they're doing, and I don't care. And you know, and some are interesting, but they still they still are little uh, balls of light that we don't really know what the energy yeah. is, and it could be kinetic and all that. You know, when I was a little kid, I saw all that, but I yeah. would actually see stuff during the day too. And I, of course, when you grow up, you start. I don't know if you go you start blocking it, but I would actually wonder, like, there's so much stuff in the air, doesn't everybody see all this, but after a while, all that fades away, so I think it's trained well, out of us. And, and you have to look at it like this, too. Um, why did the camera pick it up and your eyes didn't pick it up like that? I know um, that's the way I feel. And if the camera's picking up, you know, of course, you know, when a camera lens, you know, snaps, it's a split second. And it's catching things in that split second as they're moving. And when things are moving through the air, they leave it, you know. I mean, it's like if you take tried to, if you didn't have, like, a camera with a sports setting, you try to take a picture of a, a ball getting thrown or something, you'll see a streak behind the ball getting thrown. And when things move, you know, and a lot of times, you know, uh, like I said, you'll see bugs, uh and you can physically, you know, in in the, you know, like a DVR camera or a camcorder, you'll see the actual movement of the wings, you know, flying through the air and stuff. And you can't uh, really look at at that and and not say it's it's a bug. Um, you know, exactly. I mean, but people do see i you know there are you know sources of energy out there that that do move freely and move in odd directions and you know a, a particle of dust is not going to take a definitive route you know uh it's not going to be something that's going to you know zigzag and have a pattern you know like in head in a certain direction that you know uh, mm-hmm. It's just going to be floating freely through the air uh, as dust would. 
Right. Now you were talking about your cameras. Now um, I was I was reading in your notes that it's uh, the IR and the full spectrum illuminators. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Because that sounds like uh, really interesting. Because we're only seeing with a naked eye. Uh, what how, explain to people what we're looking at, and then when you're seeing full spectrum illuminating something. In in the IR spectrum, um, basically it's taking the it's let, letting the infrared in, um, where a normal camera has a filter in it that removes the infrared. Um, in how I do the conversions to make a normal, which anyone can do, um, it's no secret. You can go on YouTube and there's a hundred videos on how to do it. Um, there's a ruby lens that's inside of a camera. Um, now, what if you want, feel comfortable enough to pull a you know three hundred dollar camera apart to do it? Um, there's a ruby lens in there that that's then that's that filter. If you remove that and then you add infrared light from LEDs, infrared LEDs, um, you can see in, to, in, in the dark. You know, it's like night vision, uh, like a night vision scope or night vision camera. Um, if Now, on full spectrum, what it's able to do is it's able to pick up all the full spectrum of colors, the blues, the reds, the greens, the yellows, uh, IR, and especially UV. Um, UV is really underrated, and in, in, I think in, in the spectrums that we use, uh, I, uh, ultraviolet light is one of the, uh, I always, whenever I build um, uh, the lights for the cameras, I, I always mix UV and IR together. Um, I think that the IR lets you see in the dark where the UV enhances what you are seeing in the dark. So I always add both of those together. Um, now, uh, most of the time, you know, uh, uh, full spectrum is pretty much, I think, when you're getting into the, you know, buying a camera for doing what we do, um, you, full spectrum has a purplish kind of hue when you take the picture where uh, now IR is kind of almost black and white looking um, unless you're on TV and they put a green filter on to make it look like night, you know, regular night vision scope right. uh, a regular night IR camera is not green filtered um, they do that to enhance it for television. It's it doesn't actually look like that. Um, where the full spectrum cameras, like on the still cameras, it'll have, or even the camcorders, it'll have like a purplish hue to it because it's it's picking up more UV and the other color spectrums. Uh, full spectrum lighting has all those different colors that I mentioned: the reds, the blues, the greens, the yellows. Uh, UV and IR all incorporated into the lighting for that camera. And um, and what that does is if anything's moving through there in that spectrum, it's going to pick it up. It's not going to just um, 
you know, block it out. And that's what the basis of a full spectrum camera does. Um, Interesting. To me, can you rig those to, up to now? These are taking single, single shots, right? Single frame. Either way, uh, either uh, still cameras, which is a single shot, you know, still, you know, like a, you know, just like your, uh, like the cool pics, you know, and where you just hit the button and it takes one snapshot. Or a camcorder, they it, it both works the same way. Um, whenever you're uh, doing the conversions on them, um, now with the still cameras, you have to install the IR flash or um, a full spectrum bulb flash into the camera. Um, uh, or I shouldn't say a full spectrum flash. I should say just an IR flash, um, especially on the uh, night if you're converting a still camera to night vision. Um, because if you're using a regular flash, you're defeating the purpose of having it converted into night vision, of course, because you're going to see everything all lit up um, yeah. from the flash. Um, but uh, most of the time, they're, uh, I don't I don't get very many people wanting the still cameras. Most of the time, everybody wants the camcorders. And yeah. um, Sony was the first ones to come out with the uh, night shot. Um, and, you know, others followed with, with their version of, of night shot. But uh, Sony uh, has had it around for for many years, uh, from the time they start, were had they had eight millimeter, um, uh, the little eight millimeter cassettes, tape cassettes. Um, so they've been around for a long time, but uh, and they come from the factory that way. You can switch them from regular to the night shot mode, um, just by themselves. Well, we're midway through, uh, and uh, I'd like to you to tell people that your shop is called the Paranormal Shop. Yes. Yes, and then why don't you tell everybody where they can reach you and uh, everything else? Uh, well, actually, if you if you put type me in on Facebook, uh, it's it's on there, and uh, you can go to. Um, so it will be William per- Whitehead on Facebook. Yeah, that's or on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And and then I have a website which is theparanormalshop.com. dot webs. dot com, and uh, it's actually being updated. Um, it's it's pretty it's still it's up and running now, but we're adding more and more stuff all the time. And uh, there's equipment that I build myself on there, and then there's stuff that I you know that I sell that's you know, produced by, uh, you know, um, Gary Galka, which is DAS, um, or uh, ProSource, um, and uh, some stuff that, you know, I always get, you know, stuff in on trades, you know, new used stuff, and I get a lot of stuff from Bill Chapel, digital dowsing, um, and, you know, anything that, you know, I, I can special order most anything that anybody wants, Um uh, you know, I always say if I don't have it, I can find it. So, uh, are you available anything, for consult, 
Are you available for consultations? Let's say somebody decides they want to go in to uh, do this kind of thing. Would you be able to advise them? Sure. Um, you know, if if they, you know, go on, you know, I'm on Facebook. If they go on there uh, or, you know, message me through uh, the Paranormal Shops Facebook page um, or my, you know, uh, they, you know, I'll get back to them. Uh, if they leave me their number, I can always get back to them. Um, I don't have, you know, the shop doesn't have a dedicated phone line, so I don't really give out my, my dedicated, my, my personal phone number, but if, if, if they message me through Facebook, you know, I will get back with them and answer any questions that I, that I can for them. And I don't mind, you know, if they have any questions. Well, I would hope that, you know, there's a lot of people out there that want to get into this and they just don't know how. And, you know, I, I definitely would say start, you know, how I got started and that's hit the cemeteries, ask relatives if you can, you know, go into their house. And really all you need to start is a recorder and a regular camera. You don't need to have all the expensive toys and the equipment and stuff to get started. Um, you know, I know a guy who even takes notes with a pen and, pen, you know, a pad and a pen when he investigates. Um, cool. yeah, yeah, old school. <laughs> so, <laughs> now, um, if you uh, w- would be able to investigate anything or anywhere, what would be like your dream investigative spot? I, you go anywhere actually, in the world. Anywhere in the world. Uh, would it have to be, oh, my gosh. And you know what? It would be here in the mm. United States at Eastern State Penitentiary. Yeah. Um, I, my buddy Dave Ritchie's been there, um, and you know, that. And, and then my second choice would have to be Gettysburg. True. And uh, those two places are... are uh, Eastern State is is one that I've... Just that's been on my bucket list from the beginning, um, and Gettysburg is because uh, it's just fascinating to me. Anything Civil War, um, they have uh, in Dover, Tennessee. There's a um, Fort Donelson, and that's in Stewart County, Tennessee, and that's in a uh, uh, battlefield, and it overlooks the Cumberland River. And uh, it's a really neat place to go to. I've been there. Were you doing investigation there, or were you just going there to? No, I didn't invest. I haven't. I haven't ever asked them to investigate it. I have gone mm-hmm. through it and just kind of listened with my recorder a couple times as I was going through. You know, um, they have a drive-through tour and they have a walking tour and. Uh, you can get out and, you know, walk around the field and everything. Um, I haven't really got anything when I've done that, but I would love to go there at some point and do a real investigation. I don't think they would allow it, though, but, uh, um, you know, they have. I don't think they'd be as open as what Gettysburg has been to uh, paranormal yeah. investigators. Well, Gettysburg is very active, I hear. I mean, they're, they're uh, still doing drills out there. Even the horses 
are still haunting Gettysburg. They're see, they're, it's, it's kind of amazing. I've seen one film that, to me, I thought was authentic. I don't know if you've seen that one, where it looks like half a horse and half a rider, but they're definitely out there in uniform. I've, I've actually, you know, I've seen footage of, you know, thermal imaging cameras being mm-hmm. used where people, you know, they've seen what look like soldiers in the thermal imaging walking through there mm-hmm. that, you know, that looked like they were in the garb, um, you know, the the uniforms. Uh, but I don't think I've ever seen that particular footage that you're talking about. Um I think they got it just by accident because, you know, it even showed the horses and the real riders. And what they had thought, I think they even went to the town uh, and said, you know, we really enjoyed the, uh, you know, the uh, reenactors parade you had going on out here. And they, there was no reenactors parade. I don't know if you've seen that one. It was pretty pretty amazing. No. <laughs> they were re- no. They thought it was reenactors. They just sat there watching it, taking pictures and everything. And what it was is that there was no reenactors, but they didn't know that there were visitors. So, you know, I guess I, 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 it's just that's and the that, one I find, like, amazing. That is so great, too, because it's people that, you know, that aren't spending all this money on equipment or, doing, you know, going out looking for it. They just happen upon it. And mm-hmm. to me, if you think about it, how life-changing is that to to witness something like that, uh, you know, when you don't have the information and stuff that we have as investigators and you come across something like that. And I mean, if you were a total skeptic and you came across that, uh, how could you deny your uh, life anything after that? So, yeah, I think that's really neat. Um, it is. Another place, I'll tell you another place that's really good to go to in the Alton area, and that's Mineral Springs Mall. Um, it's uh, it was a uh, had the old mineral uh, springs that were pumped up into pools back in the day. It was a hotel and everything, and that's a really neat place to go to and check out. We just did a. Um, I just spoke on equipment there, uh, what was it, last week, I think it was, uh, with Terry Mosby and uh, Brian Gorman and a few other people. Um, and uh, it, it's one of those places that, that they've got the actual, I mean, they've everything's documented. They have the death certificates of the people and everything in there. Uh, they've really done their research there. They... Uh, they can tell you the lady who runs it, her name is Janet Kohler. And she is, she actually runs a torture museum there. She's got a a museum of all these old antique torture devices. It's really cool. And uh, it's one of those places where you can just really get lost in it. And uh, um, the history of it is is pretty neat. The, it was actually uh, when it was built, it was a slaughterhouse uh, for cattle uh, right off the Mississippi, and down in the very bottom of the building. And uh, then they had all this other uh, on top of it. The pool and everything else was up. You know, the further up you go in the building, there was the pool and then the hotel and everything. 
It was really a neat neat place. Yeah. Sounds like it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it's, you know, there's been a a few places that I I have enjoyed going to, but, um, you know, like I said, it's, it's been a, it's been one of the things that I have not regretted getting into, although I've had to slow down mm-hmm. with it. I have not regretted mm-hmm. getting into it at all. That's good. What um, now? There's different. There's ghosts. There's haunting. Have you ever encountered any kind of uh, active like poltergeist activity when you're on uh, an investigation? Poltergeist activity? No, I have not. I have never seen cabinet doors fly open, something fly across the room, uh, anything like that. The strangest thing that I have seen um, was a what we thought was, you know, what a vortex is. I guess um, yeah. it's a certain spot in a certain area where you have a highly concentrated amount of energy. And there was a table in a, in a hotel room, and it, uh, it's actually at um, Pier Marquette in Alton. And where this table sits in this room, we set meters in a circle in this table, and every meter was pegged. And you can go anywhere else outside that area of that table and get no reading at all. But the center of that table, it would have the meters pegged. And that that was the strange... We look for Wi-Fi. We look for, uh, you know, other sources of power, you know, from, you know, electric or anything like that that would be causing it. We could not find anything that, that ex- could explain that. That's the one the one thing that that I've seen that's really just blew my mind that I I couldn't explain I I've, I've never seen before, um, you know I'm glad I witnessed you know but uh, as far as poltergeist activity no uh, I the and the closest thing to an apparition I've seen is a shadow figure. Mm-hmm. Um, sta- standing uh, against a wall while I was in the basement of a of a house in Alton, um, a private residence there, and uh, it just kind of looked like a guy with his, you know, leaning up against the wall. And I asked him to move, and he and he didn't move. And when I came up out of the basement, I had a scratch down the side of my face and was bleeding. And everyone, I think that's you know, poltergeist activity. Really, I, I, I always, I never considered that poltergeist. I always considered I think when that they as, or do things or something like that. You know, that's exactly uh, what I was talking about. I was wondering if they could interact with us and touch us or something like that. Personally, oh no, yeah, but I mean, um, no, they've, yeah, I've been touched and been, you know, scratched. But I thought what I'm thinking when I, you, I'm thinking of the you know, uh, stereotypical poltergeist, uh, you know, yeah. uh, that you t- that you speak of where the cabinets fly or something gets thrown at you yeah. from across the room or something like that. And I haven't seen it. No, I've been scratched. Because um, when I came up out of the, that basement after seeing that, um, I, you know, the people that were with me, 
They said, you got blood running down your face. And I'm like, I do. And I reached up, and sure enough, I did. Um, and I had, you know, I I don't have any nails. I don't have, you know, any way of, of scra- you know, where I would have scratched myself that deep. Um, but I've... But, no, I've been touched where, you know, the hair had something touch my arm or something. Um, I've, but never, you know, like I said, never seen anything as far as getting thrown or, or anything like that. You sound like you're real steady. You know, I'd be out of there in a second. Anything touch me. <laughs> well, Even a spider web, I, I, I'd be screaming I, running out of there. I'll tell you, uh, this is it. I have this thing where I don't run. I never, okay. no matter what I've seen or what I've hear, heard, I've never ran. Last time I was at Waverly, we walk around, we have, and I carry, I have like what looks like a boys to men type, you know, or uh, new kids on the block earpiece that I use with my walkie-talkie. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm at Waverly, and all of a sudden I hear this little girl singing her ABCs on the uh, walkie, and it sounded like something, you know, like on Fred, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street where the little girls are singing the, you know, the little song, and yeah. I'm, like, running down the hallway towards Aaron Goble, who's uh, they're investigating with me, and Jamie Smith, and I'm freaking out, and I'm like, are you hearing this? Are you hearing this on your wall? And they're like, no, we don't have it on. So, I get on the walkie, and I'm like, is anyone else hearing this little girl on the walkie? And they're saying, oh, no, we're not hearing it. Well, when we went to, uh, after we had covered that area and went all to meet, they're all laughing at me and everything. They said, yeah, this little girl had got a hold of one of the radios and was singing into her dad's two-way radio. Oh, my uh, goodness. (laughs) I took off running, like, you know, like, I could just, I was. Oh, I just couldn't believe it. I thought I was really hearing something. Do you remember the uh, the notorious Houdini's castle? He had a mansion up there in the Hollywood Hills somewhere. Do you remember um, anything about that Houdini's castle? They would call it Houdini, mansion. Houdini's castle, where Houdini lived when he was here in uh, Los Angeles. No, I no, I really, I can't say I have. Uh, I I'll tell you what Jen is uh my fiance she she is she knows where every place is and knows all about every location and uh, that there possibly is and she can she probably has heard of it I've never heard of it Okay you but, want her to call uh, in <laughs> call go to call in and tell us about Oh she's stuff. right here next to me I can put her on speaker but Okay uh I want Put to just on speaker and see if. Uh, no, I point. I don't think I can. No, okay. That's I'll okay. tell her to call in. But no, no she's told to call in. They just said call in if you can. Okay. Does she have uh, the same oh. area code? The the what? I'm I'm having trouble hearing does you. She, okay. Does she have the same area code? Uh yeah. Okay. Good. So tell her she wants to call in that um Yeah, she's yeah I'll be able now. to pick it up. Okay, let me see. I don't know how so, her reception's not even as good as mine down here. Because you sound perfect, really. I mean it's coming in. Yeah, really she's great. got a different she's got a different uh 
terrier than I do, and she's go ahead and try. Let's see. Okay. Yeah, I just don't see her yet. When I see her, I'll get her on there. But but... She said she has she has heard of of Houdini's mansion. She said. Yeah. Well, this is way back when I was. Gosh, I was in my early twenties. This is many moons ago. Um, I was up there. And I, me and my friend decided to go investigate Houdini's castle. And uh, it was very overgrown. We found the entrance. We found the gate. And it was uh, very... I'm, I'm just waiting for her to call in. So tell her to call in when she can. Okay. 619 Yeah, she said it's not going to let her call out. She's having... She has to use okay. my phone most of the time down here. So I can put her on the okay. line, though, if you want to talk to her. Here, here she is. Okay. Hello. Jennifer? Yes. Hi, this is Charlene, Char McCain, uh, the Paranormal Mistake. You're live on the radio show tonight. Welcome aboard. It's nice to be here. Thank you, Char. You're, you're welcome. And uh, I was not talking about, like, different sites and stuff like that. Is that I had, this is before... Any of this was really in my awareness. I think I started being interested in the paranormal, well, probably 15, starting to think about uh, Edgar Cayce, table tipping. The, back in the old, uh, my grandmother was one of those uh, ladies from the 20s uh, that were, what do they call them? They kind of did automatic writing and stuff like that. Well, anyway, the, uh, the uh, spiritualist movement. Yes, exactly, the spiritualist movement. And I never really got into that that much, but I did want to go on this investigation. So I, me and a, and a friend from high school, God, we know each other since we were 15, so we went up there and we went and snuck through the gate and we went and we found ourselves, why they call it a castle. It actually looked like a castle, but it was extremely overgrown. Part of the roof was caved in. And we started walking around the windows, and I had this feeling of foreboding, you know. Uh-huh. And I was trying to contain myself, and I actually wanted to go in. But we, we, walked through the, we walked through partly to the front door, and there was this massive... Did you, did you see Citizen Kane, the movie, with that oh, huge, course. humongous cement fireplace? It looked like that. That fireplace was that big. Oh, and wow. it was so it was it was amazing, and it was so scary that we heard something crack behind us, and uh, we went screaming out of there. I mean, so fast. It was like <laughs> uh, it was hilarious because it should have been in the movie because right behind us were these college like frat boys. They screamed like oh. girls and ran too. <laughs> we all ran. <laughs> That's hilarious. It was a very haunted place. I wasn't organized at that age to actually, you know, do something about it. You know, of course, we didn't have any equipment. We're just cruising up there. uh, But you could tell there was something going on, and it was haunted. And actually, they tore it down since. And uh, what happened is that I guess that the front of it is still being haunted. But why don't you go ahead and tell us something about that famous haunting? About, well, um, I have heard um, several things um, that, um, because he was so anti-spiritualist movement, uh, you're talking about Houdini's castle, 
And um, he was so, you know, his goal in life was to um, debunk all of the um, so-called psychics. Yeah, all the frauds. And, I mean, because they were literally um, taking people's money and, you know, causing people all kinds of grief, including his own relatives. And so, you know, they have, um, you know, when when he was alive, um, it he some of his relatives were told after death that um, you know, his relatives had said that, you know, he wouldn't admit it to anybody that he knows, but, um, you know, he, they, his relatives, he had confided in his relatives while he was alive towards the end of his life that he actually was followed, um, that he had actually seen uh, things out of the corner of his eye that he couldn't explain, that, um, that you know, in his home that, you know, he, there was one particular man um, that he had said he had seen several times in in his in his home, and you know, for his, someone who is such a skeptic to say that that right. you know that really had shows a lot of to me carries a lot of weight because he was just I mean, you know, he was all about the show and. Uh, all about, you know, his craft, you know, magic, but with entertainment. But, you know, he was taking all these other people and and exposing all these frauds. But it's almost like, um, you know, somebody like the man who had had haunted him um, was kind of coming back to life saying, you know, hey, look, you know, there is something here. There may be some people that may be fraudulent in this world, you know, and misrepresenting a lot of us, but we're still here kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, very, very interesting. Um, That's just so interesting. Yeah. So, um, you know, I I think, you know, that if if his um, house was still around, if his residence was still around, I think that there might be something hanging around, you know, so. I think they are. I think they've seen, uh, like, phantom stairs leading in that area, but, of course, they've rebuilt on that whole area now, but uh, sure. it's, uh, it's so interesting. So uh, what is your, what, what are the greater known places for investigating that you've been Because you've been on investigations too, right? Oh, Absolutely. Well, tell um, us more some of the, about some of the things you've been on, the more interesting. Um, some of the more interesting things that I've been on, um, probably one of the neatest little places that I've ever been is called um, the Eldred House. It's um, in a little farm town outside, uh, probably about 60 or 70 miles outside of St. Louis. And um, it it's um, it, it's an old um, limestone building, um, farmhouse, two-story, um, has, you know, this amazing basement, and, you know, it's ba- it basically was a shell um, for several years. It was abandoned, um, but um, there, when 
I went with Riverbend Paranormal when I was on that team to investigate. Um, you know, we had caught some really interesting um, phenomena in the attic um, of one of the members of Riverbend Paranormal, um, Amy Page Klaus. She um, she is a Wiccan and. Um, we she brought her her dowsing rods because she likes to use them, and this is the first time that she had ever brought them on any any particular uh, to any particular place, and uh, she got them out, and we got some amazing, you know, question answer session uh, things, um, like um, you know we had asked you know what's your name, where who are you. Yes, no questions. Um, then we had got in. We gotten into the history of the house. You know, um, shake. You know, shake them left to right for no, or spin them around. You know, for yes, or you know, whatever. And several of us tried the dowsing rods, and um, they performed amazingly. And you know, this whoever it was, whatever it was. Um, was talking to, there were three of us, and got the same response out of three of us. Now, either the three of us were manipulating um, the rods, which I know I wasn't, and I know that nine times out of ten, um, my fellow, fellow investigators that I was with um, definitely weren't doing anything. Um, they're just, you know, they have a great reputation, you know. So, um, to me, what happened in the attic was just something that was um, very profound. And, um, you know, I mean, th- they can be easily manipulated if someone is is trying to be fraudulent. But there was just something about the just everything that moment, you know, that that half an hour that we got the communication with that was just amazing. Wow. Then you have do you have this recorded and uh Yeah, we have it on, on video. It's somewhere and I think it's actually um it might be on Riverbend Paranormal's website. Um oh, absolutely awesome. phenomenal stuff. Um, you know, which, you know, to have three people get get some kind of a response from the same tool. I mean, not, you know, it it was just phenomenal to see. And I was a skeptic, you know, about dowsing rods, um, using them in paranormal investigations, because I'm more on the scientific realm like like Bill is. But um, when it comes to this, I mean, that pretty much had me sold that night. (laughs) Right. For sure. It's just, uh, it's just, it's phenomenal that you know. I'm glad that that both of you are interested in this. Did you did you meet uh, during uh, a hunt, or how did you guys get together? <laughs> Actually, we did. Um, we <laughs> um, <laughs> we had <laughs> we had a mutual friend of ours. Um, I was on a team, and. He was an ex-member of that team, and they would have parties all the time. And um, we became friends um, through 
through this mutual friend, and it just kind of blossomed from there. And here we are, so. <laughs> it's wonderful. Because uh, what are your uh, plans for the future? Or uh, what have you guys got up your sleeve? Um, well, for now, um, <laughs> we've concentrated on, on our move because we moved um, so far south. <laughs> we literally um, have been running since, like, uh, Wednesday morning when we left Illinois, and now here we are in West Monroe, Louisiana. So, um, you know, our plans for the future, um, we're probably going to um, get settled, and we're going to, um, you know, probably, you know, feel out the local paranormal world here in uh, this part, northern part of Louisiana, uh, maybe look into Shreveport, see, kind of see what there is in this, and maybe in a 50-mile radius, and kind of go from there, whether we want to join a team or um, actually create our own, or maybe, you know, right now we're actually independent. And, um, you know, we've been taking, we've had about a year break from, um, from teams in, mm-hmm. in particular. So um, we've been doing things on our own, and we'll probably continue that for a little while. But I can see us in the future um, getting into um, some sort of a, a team atmosphere, again, whether we um, create one of our own or whether we um, go and join something that's already active. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, you just just landed. I mean, when did you get there? Yesterday? Uh, the day like before. A, a couple days. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, like, we drove, like, ten and a half hours, um, and then we had to unload all in the same night, and it was, it was absolutely maddening. Just oh, I can't <laughs> moving across, it. Cu- and moving then you're across kind country. enough to be on the show, even though he's busted his knee out. Uh, he's on recovery. You guys are traveling <laughs> madly hey. across the well, United States, you. and you're still on the show. You know, I, I really have to respect you for that, and uh, I, I really appreciate you guys. And um, another thing is, like, where do you see the uh, the tools of a trade, like where are they going or where it would be like a, a, a dream uh, uh, equipment or tool that uh, you think will be uh, created in the next 10 years that William might even be uh, part of making it or what would he like to see happen? Um, that would be a question better answered by him, actually. I would see um, a lot of um, things going towards... Um, like, um, well, actually, let me have him answer that question. Hold on okay. just a second. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Char. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Thank you. Hi, Char. Hi. Did you hear the question? No, I sure didn't. Okay, so we're, we're, we're just, uh, when I asked her was, where do you see this field going, let's say, over the next 10 years? Uh, then I had another part to it. What would be like a dream uh, equipment thing that you may even design yourself, or what would you like to see? And where do you think the uh, equipment is going, either? Well, as far as the field is going, I the way everyone looks at evidence nowadays, um, 
you know, no one can post any kind of evidence anymore because it just gets ripped apart. Um, I kind of look forward to fizzle down. Um, I think it's going to get to, uh, you're going to see the TV shows die out and you're going to see the people that are doing it independently or with teams are going to keep doing what they're doing. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame that, um, like I said, with the evidence, it's really, uh, no one, you know, if you, if you post any kind of evidence, it just gets ripped apart. Um, Mm -hmm. Uh, no one, you know, everyone wants that, you know, holy grail for themselves. And no one wants to, you know, take pleasure in just what they're what they're seeing. They just, they, they want to, you know, they want to get that piece of evidence uh, for themselves. And uh, uh, as far as, uh, you know, in the years to come, with equipment, Bill Chapel is. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with electronics. Uh, there's no. Arduino, which is a universal circuit board that you can build just about anything with this individual board. And it's a kit that you can buy at like Radio Shack or, or wherever. Um, and he's really going into that along with the connect sensor and um right now he you know he's he's designing all this stuff with Arduino which and selling these kits now that you can build you know your own lights you can build your own stuff you can um you know uh i see a lot more going into the uh, with uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Devil's Toy Box. Have you ever heard of that? No. no. Um, it's actually a mirrored box that has an ultrasonic microphone on the inside of it. And what it's supposed to do is bounce. Any, you know, it's supposed to trap any um, so-called entity or spirit inside of it and... I'm not quite sure on the the full dynamic of it, but I think it's getting more into the metaphysical side of it than it it it, it more than the technological side of it anymore with uh, the psychic mediums and the um, uh, you know the people that are uh, that are out there. Um, there people are getting more open minded to that uh, than they are uh, you know the 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 technology is going, you know, great guns, and they're actually starting to delve more into the metaphysical side of it. Um, now, as far as my piece of equipment that I'm working on that would, you know, make me a million dollars, I don't think that'll ever happen because Bill Chapel is, uh, he is a god, uh, among gods, uh, I've been working on a uh, a box that actually you set in front of you. It films you doing EVP sessions. It has built-in um, EMF meter and everything where you can um, set and 
you know, basically a all-in-one box that has everything that you can put in front of you and film yourself doing your own sessions. Um, I've been working on that for a couple of years, and I've I've came up with two prototypes now, and uh, I haven't quite got it to where I want it. Uh, that's small enough yet, um, but uh, I think that uh, you know. Once I never I get, thought of that. That's kind of genius, you know that because I've heard of the Nantium or you know where they look into the mirrors and it's usually a room. I don't know. Uh-huh. What the, I, I think I'm getting the end of it. Uh, well, the Romantium or whatever they're calling it, but they're um, to have like a smaller version, a more portable Psychomantium. Yeah. Well, they now they have it. Yeah, I think that's they also call a parabolic mirror. Um, yeah. Where you can put the different, you know, and I've seen one built. Uh, there's actually a YouTube video of one being built um, by a guy, um, and it's very complicated in what it does. But it uh, the and it films these, you know, with the different lighting and stuff in the mirror, where supposedly you can film things that are going on and see things in the mirror, um, frame by frame. Um, you know, of course, you know, they've done that with the TVs before where they've shot, you know, 30-second shots of a, basically an old analog TV with static and took it frame by frame and see it. And then there was actually pictures of, you know, uh, people, uh, outlines of people in the static, um, things like that. Um ITC, I believe is what you know they used to call it. Um, I don't tell me what that stands for, or, or don't ask me what. Uh, I don't quite remember right now, but um, you know, uh, there's just there's a lot of stuff that's coming out. Uh, like I said, Bill Chappell's really taken that Kinect sensor uh, and ran with it uh, from the Xbox and Microsoft. Um, yeah. Which we we've done some work with it. I've you know I've I've came up with uh, um, uh, I, I was selling uh, a disc that uh, basically you know loads all the the programs and everything uh, for you if you you have your connect sensor. Um, but yeah, you can get the stick figures. Uh, um, programs and the uh, IR light programs that you see, you know, from the beginning uh, that when Bill started working on it. Uh, but now he's got a handheld version of it, and he's taken it way further than what I ever thought I'd see it taken. Um, and it's really – and that all started from people playing with their sensors at home and seeing things appear next to them while they were playing the game. Yeah, so I just had it, somebody say, yeah, it's 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 fascinating that uh, they are coming up with all these things, and what you just said was phenomenal, because I started uh, picking up on that and thinking along those lines, and then uh, John and Chad has said, I'd like to see a keyboard-type device that Spurs could interact with. Have you ever seen anything like that? Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear he you. He was saying, uh, John and Chad is commenting, 
that he would like to see a keyboard-type device that spirits can interact with. I wonder... Um, as far no, I don't really know of any type of keyboard device. Um, you know, the only thing we have right now is, you know, we, we, of course we use the K2 meters that are just the individual lights that are associated with the amount of, uh, EMF, uh, and Gauss that's put out. And we've asked them to, you know, light, you know, bring it up to, you know, the, whatever color light that we want. And we've had it react to that. Sorry about that. My, I have a neurotic okay. dog who every, every time she hears a noise, she has to bark. Um, and, uh, but as far as, you know, uh, uh, you know, I mean, if you're thinking of, um, you know, something that would, now there's there's like the touch pads, yes, no, uh, where you can get them to you know touch one side or the other to try to light it up. There are those things out there, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's, it, I don't know of any other type of keyboard device that's that's out there. I think that's interesting that uh, you know maybe someday there would be something that sensitive so they could work on like a computer like to have the EVPs, but it would be where they would type out a message themselves or something like that. That would be freaky. Yeah, or, you know, there was some way that, you know, if, you know, I mean, this, we have the ovulus now that, you know, that actually, you know, takes the phonetics of the energy and associates them with words and, and puts that out there. Um, you know, Bill Chapel came up with that and, uh, you know, um, as you know, I really wasn't taken seriously at first because you know, anytime you program words in uh, phonetics to you know to the uh, amount of energy, um, and and when you can download the words into something, I just I I really couldn't see the relationship with what we were doing. Um, mm-hmm. Now, now he's come out with even another uh, version of the Ovulus, the Ovulus Four, which is uh, actually out for pre-sale now. Um, actually, I think they might be uh, being delivered now. But uh, um, this one's supposed to uh, kind of, you know, get that to the point of a more direct, um, positive response. Uh, more to, than what the older ovuluses were. Now he does have this thing um, that uh, it's a computer program that he's got out now that has uh, pretty much is like a virtual investigation from a computer screen. Uh, it, it takes the recordings and you know there's a thing out there called Mesa. Um, which uh, was invented by a guy from IBM I believe. And uh, it basically you can do an investigation from your couch. Uh, you run sensors and cameras and recorders throughout the house into the central mainframe computer, and you can watch everything as it happens and ask your questions from the compu- you know from there. And it takes geometric readings. It takes uh, uh, even. Um, Geiger. It has a Geiger meter on it, um, a Geiger counter uh, attached to it. Um, 
there's a lot of really creative stuff out there if you look for it. Uh, things that are, guys that are a lot smarter than I am have come up with. Uh, I'm more into the easier stuff like the cameras and the uh, and the things like that. Um, uh, you know, uh, the EM pumps and and uh, you know things like that more than I am the more computer. Uh, I come from the age when we didn't have computer classes in high school. We had typing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I know. yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big computer guy at all. So uh, I'm more of the electronic uh, solder and, uh, you know, soldering and board stuff. But, um, but I think in the future, I think Bill Chappell is going to really uh, blow everyone's mind with what he's working on. I think it's amazing. It's uh, you know, I just had a flash into the let's say the future, maybe even uh, 50 years from now, where people readily interact with those that have passed on, like they're really there, or it would be so strange to uh, really, if anybody is coming through, to be able to readily contact them. Uh, it might happen in the future. I never thought of it till now, but it might happen. Well, we don't know. Absolutely. I mean, the way things are going, you know, I mean, I, I can I can see that I think that there's, you'll see a joining of the technological side, like I said, and the metaphysical side with the psychic mediums. I think something will come together where they can tap into, you know, um, you know, brain waves and things like that to what we're, you know, um, you know, to something that, I mean, uh, maybe people that are in comas and stuff like that, that they can, you know, uh, associate, you know, some kind of mm. test with that uh, would let us know more uh, of what's going on with the brain and what, you know, what, what goes on. But, I, you know, that that can get into some, you know, ethical, you know, things too. But, uh, um I know, you know, it, this field is, is it's endless. Um, I mean, we're never, I always say, and I have a saying, we're never going to know anything until we take our last breath. And then we're going to know sure. it all. Then you know it and, all after you're, you're gone from here, that's for sure. Yeah, and that's when we're going to get it completely. And we're going to, you know, someone's going to sit us down and say, all right, this is how it is. And I think that's why I'm not scared of death. I mean, hmm. I used to be scared, you know, of dying and thinking of getting old. And, and But now, after doing what I've done for so long, I, I'm not scared of it anymore. Um, I, I kind of look, you know, I, I'm not going to say I look forward to it, but... I'm just I'm just not afraid of it, and uh, I think that uh, when the time comes, I'm going to be comfortable with it. I think so too. I think that the way you've approached the the whole thing of your spirituality with an open mindedness, and uh, just uh, you seem to be kind, and that you want to have that peace in the world, and uh, give the world what you know, and uh, share with us, and live a good life. You know, it sounds like you're way on your way to the next phase. I'm, I'm trying. Uh, 
you know, that was, I, I, I've been through so many things, um, uh, from the car wreck in 03, um, through all the other surgeries and stuff like that, where, um, there just comes a time in your life when you say, you know, even at 45 years old, I've had enough. And how do I want to live the rest of my life? Do I want to live it with, you know, drama and negativity and, uh, you know, uh, chaos, or do I want to live it as peaceful and, um, you know, and loving as can be, and, you know, with the person that you love, and that's where I want to be. I don't want to be with, uh, I don't want to be in a place where, you know, it's nonstop arguing chaos and nastiness every day. I just, I just want to find that inner peace that uh, everyone deserves. That's right, and I think you're well on your way. I think Sometimes you have to go through all the other stuff just to enjoy it. When you finally are wanting to settle down and have peace, you finally can enjoy it and be grateful for it. You know, you we can't sure have one without the other. You yeah, you appreciate it because you really don't know until you're there at that spot. So it's a perfect time and a turning point, really. You know, and I think right. you're in a great spot there. It's so beautiful there. I really love Louisiana. I love the people. And uh, I think you're really just on a great path here, and I, I wish you all the luck in the world with a new endeavor, really, in a new spot. I sure appreciate it, Char. You've been a good friend, and you've uh, helped promote me, you know, since we've known each other, and uh, mm-hmm. we've, we've uh, you know, kind of cheered each other up, you know, yeah. behind, the, behind the scenes and things like yeah. that, and... Uh, that stuff does not oh. go uh, unappreciated and uh, un- unobserved, so I, I do thank you for that. Uh, great, William. I think it's beautiful. And it's really, you know, when you hit it off and you start uh, uh, having these friends, uh, you know, it's it's that's the one she cherishes, the one you can turn to when the crap hits the fan. You know what I mean? And lift each other up to keep going. Don't give up, you know, and it's... Uh, it's wonderful to have you as a friend and ongoing, and uh, please let me know uh, any more uh, things that uh, you want to, to have aboard. And come aboard when you get on your feet again and you get settled over there, um, because uh, you do have astounding uh, knowledge base, and people are wanting uh, this equipment and this information on, on paranormal investigating and uh, the cool equipment that you have and for sale, and, and tell people how to reach you again. Um, once again, you can. I'm on Facebook and uh, on the Paranormal Shop, and uh, also they can check out the web page at uh, theparanormalshop.webs.com, and uh, or you know they can leave me a message on uh, the Facebook page for the Paranormal Shop, and I'll definitely get back with them. And uh, you know if there's any questions. Uh, of uh you know i mean i right now i'm getting settled in so it may be a little you know a few days but uh hopefully by the end of the week we'll have everything unpacked and and ready to go here so uh and i can get back to work that's awesome and uh does jen have a shout out for anybody or either one of you have any last things that you'd like to actually i think she wanted to say hey to our friend terry mosby well get her back on here Hold on just a second. Okay. 
Absolutely. Um, Hi, Jen. Go ahead a, because we still have a few minutes. Okay. Um, just wanted to let everybody know who's listening that we have a wonderful friend who we will miss dearly um, out of Illinois. Her name is Terry Mosby, and we miss her very much. Um, she is the um, uh, founder of Ilmo Energy Trackers. Um, you can look them up on Facebook and online. Um, it's a wonderful group. She's a wonderful person, and her and Sharon Kennison. And um, I we hope that uh, she'll be able to come down and hunt on the plantations in the bayou with us. So. <laughs> Oh, that sounds so interesting. So when you get all this done, you got to come back on the show. I want to hear about all this haunted uh, plantations and oh, stuff. Absolutely. You're really in that. You're there now. You're in the area. So in this beautiful we are in thick, the thick I, of it. I really <laughs> love the pictures that you guys have been posting. I love it. Oh, well, thank you. Thank it's you so very green much. there. You know, we're, I'm in California, in Southern California at that, so... It's all modern around here. Palm trees, not many trees. You know, lots of sun. Oh, uh, uh, the trees, the greenery, just it's and it's totally different than up north where we were at. So, yeah, we're we everything's just simple. The people are twenty times nicer, and it's just slower down here, and that's what we wanted. So, <laughs> and, and and the food's and, better. Oh, are you kidding me? Alligator is the best. <laughs> oh, my God. You've already eaten alligator. You just got there. Oh, absolutely. And crawfish <laughs> and everything else. Oh, oh yeah. Nice. And I Bill, love it, though. And Bill, Bill's about to uh, find a taste of boudin. Uh, now, what's a, uh, oh, What would you call it, Bill? It's it's all type of innards. Hog. Oh, hog and pig, pig innards. Uh, What's in up? rice stuff in a sausage casing, and he's always wanted to try it. And it now he's like down haggis. south and it sounds ne- like sounds awful, but it uh, sounds like haggis also. <laughs> um, it, it sounds pretty disgusting to me, so <laughs> I'm gonna leave it all to him. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like haggis. What is That's his exactly nationality what back? Yeah, what is it? What nationality mm-hmm. is he? Is he is he Irish? Uh, what is he? He's Irish, absolutely. Yeah. to the to the core. <laughs> yeah, you can tell. And uh, what are you going to do there? Um, what kind of work do you do, Jen? I don't I don't uh, know much about you, but I want to get to know you so. You know, I'm going to have you on in the future. um, I do home health care. I am a hospice nurse, actually. So um, I have, I deal with death um, pretty pretty often, um, all the time, actually. And um, over the years, that's just, um, I've had uh, many patients pass away. And um, that has fueled my... Um, my interest in the paranormal because I've been there when so many people have taken their last breath, and it's and it's a very sobering moment. Um, I don't know if you've had 
the um, near death, near death experience. had any type of experience yes. um, being with somebody in the same room who's passed, who's just passed away in front of you. But it's yeah. um, it's very sobering. It's uh, it certainly makes you wonder, you know, where do we all go after after we leave here? So, yeah. Have you heard of Dr. Raymond Moody? Uh, the name sounds familiar. I'm not yeah, sure. He, yeah, he he coined the phrase "near death experience," and and he's talking about just what you were talking about. He started in the 70s. And he noticed that people's deathbeds is certain things that were happening and also near-death experiences and shared experiences. And um, it's just what you were talking about. And that's an excellent, you know, topic in the future that we could talk about. And I have I'd love uh, been, I've had, yeah, there was a, something that happened in a restaurant one time and this man died right in my arms in a restaurant. Oh, wow. And I had... It's uh, it's it's different. It's different uh, than having everybody like if you're hospice, they're not tied up to all kinds of wires and everything, and people are allowed to go naturally. When people go, and uh, they're right in your arms or right in the room, it's a totally different experience than you. Would, it, it's a very direct. Uh, I felt that man's spirit leave. It actually went yep. almost like right through me and up. Yeah. It was like, you know, if you've ever been on a roller coaster and it drops suddenly, that's the way it felt. That oh, it was sure. Going up. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And um, there's some, the soul is real. And uh, I want to thank you for your work as a ho- in, in hospice because it's, you know, people are not checking into hospice early enough. They wait till the last couple of days when you could be really comforted by hospice. Yeah, I think so many people are afraid of, you know, of, okay, we're going to over-medicate you to death, literally, and that's not the case. Um, you know, medication is, is taken with other therapies. We I've worked with art therapists, music therapists, clergy, um, all kinds of um, different facets in the health community to um and the therapy uh to you know kind of come along and you know make that that last few months or the last year or the last couple days or even the last couple hours um as comfortable as possible and it's more than medication um it's a complete and it, it helps the family prepare for the loved one's um, impending death. And that sometimes is worth more than anything um, because by by choosing hospice, whether it's, whether um, the family can make it make that decision or um, the actual patient um, is of sound mind and can make that decision, it actually... Yeah. Um, you know, helps the family transition into, okay, this loved one's going to die. We're going to spend all the time that we can with them while they're conscious and, you know, experience everything that we can with them. And then when they go, it'll be easier for us. And that, and knowing that, you know, you're able to do that with your loved one, that it's priceless, absolutely priceless. It's a real blessing. 
I want to thank you for your work. Uh, it's so important. And uh, this this way with hospice, it's not the scary machine that is going on in a regular hospital. So I highly advise Absolutely. people uh, go in a little sooner. Don't wait till that, like, you know, because you can be comforted and made comfortable. And uh, to yep. me, that's what it's all about. Try to leave as pain-free, as comfortable as you can and not have yep. all that stress, you know, because there's a lot of, uh, you know, when you're in too much pain, if you're you're having anxiety, you know, people have anxiety those last, you know, days, and uh, you can sure. alleviate all that with the right care, you know, and I yep. think that's humane. Absolutely, and that's that's what that's what you have to think of. That's what you have to think of. So, well, I'm going to give you back to Bill. Well, thank you so um, much. We'll talk to you again thank soon. Thank you so much for having good luck. me on, Star. Thank you so much. All right. You take care. Okay, I'm back. Hey. Okay, so <laughs> do you have any last words? We only have a couple minutes left, and I want to thank you so much. It's been an honor to have you on. And uh, you're one of my heroes. You overcome so much. And I'm so uh, happy for you and proud of you to have you as a friend. And uh, uh, I just want to wish you all the luck in the world. And I know you, I know you have it. So you're just on your next version of what's going to happen next. Oh, I, I would love to be able to see into the future, but uh, I think I'm going to have a say so in that. So uh, of, of my future, but uh, I think it's going to be good. Um, I can only hope that, uh, you know, uh, we can get everything lined around and get back into business and, uh, just enjoy this great place that's around us right now. That's it. Just, uh, just enjoy it and, uh, take all, I would, you know, take 30 days off to recover for this. I know you don't want to, but you really need to, some time to heal. And just yeah. recover and then just start up again, you know. It'll happen in the future. Yeah. And I want to God bless you guys. And I'll have you on again, on again soon. And I'll see you on Facebook. And uh, uh, take care. And thank you so All much right, thank- for being on the show tonight. You're welcome, Char. Thank you for having me. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Okay, we're in our last minute. And uh, I just want to make a couple announcements. I want to thank everybody that was tuning in tonight. Uh, you guys are just amazing in the faithfulness of my, my chatters. Thank you guys very much. Tessie and uh, John. I'm not even going to try to pronounce your last name, John. So anyway, <laughs> I just want to wish everybody uh, all the best in the future and uh, hang in there and tune in to the Paranormal Sacred next week. And uh, God bless you all and uh, happy trails to you. And uh, I wish you all the best and good luck. And enjoy the Friday the 13th and full moon today. It doesn't have, it's not going to happen until 2049. So enjoy it, people. Love you.